0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to the mailbag edition of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host Spencer, joined by Michael. Holler. <laughs> I'm loving this this new uh, salutation greeting. Well, for the mailbag editions.
0: The mailbag is, uh, you know, it's 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 the equivalent of podcast casual Friday, where
1: it's we're the after dark. The, yeah, um,
0: the uh, <clears> the slacks are untucked. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 drinking I'm drinking a beer, so you know it's. Still drink of water. It's uh, a little bit more laid back.
1: Yeah. All right. So if you were listening to the the full episode, the regular uh, episode God bless nineteen, you, by the way, if
0: you were. <laughs>
1: yep. You you heard a little preview of the questions we got. We got one on the the vet school going up in Amarillo. Um, gonna have to have some discussion on sausage wraps and some weird people putting it in white bread instead of a tortilla. And talk a little bit more specifics about Big 12, or sorry, Texas Tech baseball and the tournament this weekend. Um, and then, of course, Zaire Smith and the NBA draft is coming up pretty here pretty soon. Some predictions for the football team. Does Chris Beard have a cape? That's an interesting one. I don't even know where to start with that one. But then our last one, Mule Horn, talking about acceptable behaviors with hot dogs and how to prepare them, heat them up. Yeah, so. this is
0: I mean, these are these are questions just geared for us. So uh, these are our wheelhouse.
1: Yep. Very We're little ready. sports, a lot to do about nothing essentially. Yeah. I like perfect. that. All right. Let's kick it off with the question we got in last week or two weeks ago, uh, that we couldn't get to. Could A and M be any more transparent, which is sarcasm, as to why they are putting their new vet building in Canyon while we're going forward with the vet school in Amarillo? Hashtag skeered. Thank you for this question, Jason. Um, yes yeah, this is Jason at JasonW560.
0: He sent it, I, I'm pretty sure, Spencer, it was either we had just recorded or it was the next morning or something. So it's, it's two weeks old. That was kind of when the news was buzzing around that, uh, you know, Texas A&M has... Uh, they've already started a partnership with WT and they plan on having a a nice big facility set up at WT for their vet program. Um, And the announcement came too that uh, Texas Tech is, as a lot of us know, has been in the push to get into Amarillo and to end the 40-year Single vet school in Texas. Uh, that Monopoly we've, that we've been under, and I haven't looked it up, but I know that there really there just aren't many vet schools in in the country. Period. Um, so it's it seems like a good plan. Uh, but the thing that stuck out to me the most, just kind of looking into this question, uh, there's an article on Amarillo Globe News where it says, and the title of it's. TAMU unveils vet education plan for WT. Texas Tech continues push for Amarillo school. So, if y'all want to Google that, you can go down here and find some really um, great quotes from Texas Tech saying stuff like, uh, "Let's see, what did they say? They said
1: we are we'll glad." We'll put the article. So, so, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. You're good. I'll go ahead and put the article, the link to the article, in our show notes. So. You don't know, have to try to Google oh, search and find this exact one. Yeah, but
0: it, it says, um, you know, so there's, there's quotes from tech people saying, we are glad other institutions are recognizing the uh, critical need for vets. Oh, actually, that's from, dadgummit, I had, it, I had it over here, and I had it highlighted, and I lost it. That was from a different area. Anyway, uh, a Texas Tech professor leading the development of the college, Guy Long... Lonergan said that the growth in the veterinary needs in Texas have gotten to such a level that it will take two distinct institutions with two distinct models to more fully meet the needs. He said, we're looking forward to working with Texas A&M. And that was really nice, a nice thing to say. But then you scroll down to what the A&M people have said. And um, Chancellor Sharp said on Uh, the Thursday that this the week of this article was published he said quote there's going to be nobody that can compete with the kind of research and ag program we produce here which is kind of a shot across the bow and then the article actually says this I'm going to quote the article but I don't know where they got this but it it says quote the A&M system has said there is no need for the tech systems efforts since it has already addressed the problem by developing partnerships with regional schools like wt and expanding its enrollment capacity in college station with the 120 million dollar academic complex that opened in 2016. so i don't know where they when or where they said that but a m has just um, decided to take it upon themselves that they are the only school worthy of training veterinarians in the entire state of texas and uh, i applaud amarillo because amarillo seems to be a pretty big driving force on this and they do have a lot of uh, livestock in the area a lot of uh, possibly job opportunities in the area too and i think that's what people are trying to uh encourage is that if you get a school in the panhandle uh you know maybe some of the students will stick around they may be more likely to go to a rural place where there hasn't been a vet for a while or there needs to be a vet uh, and especially vets that can specialize in uh, large animal breeds when there's so many ranches and feedlots and all sorts of stuff up in the along i-40 so hats off to texas tech amarillo trying to get it done um you know A&M's being pretty transparent in trying to maintain their territory, even though they're 530 miles away. So that's kind of typical. But, um, you know, according to this article, I think they're going to use some of these facilities together. So I I think it's going to work a little bit better. I think the further from College Station you get, the more likely WT and Texas Tech are going to, uh, have a good relationship going forward, so keep it up, guys. And then in, in further news, Texas Tech Regents actually gave a nod to a $69 million agreement with um, Amarillo Economic Development, and this was just on the 18th, so uh, Amarillo's really pushed it up with a a nice $69 million, million um, Amount of money going towards the 90 million.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select campus events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh. <sighs> That's not
0: just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes.
1: Talk about starting the morning right.
0: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Oh. mm mm Visit
1: Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable.
0: Ah. $10 vet facility, so.
1: Yeah, it's... I understand they were first, but there, there's a there's a greater need for more than one school, one vet school in the state. Um, I mean, it, it's nice that A&M is trying to, you know, to plant their flag and... Fence off and say this is ours, but it needs. There needs to be another school. Um, Their their outreach center, whatever they're gonna call it, in Canyon, which is you know obviously right outside of Amarillo, is very thinly veiled as trying to compete with the full vet school that will be up there. Which not really competing because the A and M students will be going to College Station, and then some of them will be moved out to this area, which is really inconvenient right as opposed to starting and doing your school up in Amarillo which will also be able to do some of the in clinic rotations and everything in this area and then hopefully be able to keep these vet grads in the area to address these needs so as Jason put it hashtag scared <laughs> and there's really nothing to be scared of I there's only a
0: handful I, of, of I vet schools in the country. Um, I mean, I'm, I I'm, don't think
1: this is going to hurt A and M. Like not at all. They're still going to be full. I, I assume the tech school will fill up pretty quickly because there is just that much demand. So,
0: if if there if anyone should be mad, it should be Oklahoma State because there's only thirty or thirty one. Uh, vet schools in the entire United States and A&M of course owns the only one in Texas and then if Oklahoma State has one as well in Stillwater that's that's more encroaching on their ter- territory than even remotely close to encroaching on uh, A&M so I think it gives people a lot more of a chance uh, folks in New Mexico uh, that makes a big difference because I think in New Mexico that your closest access is Colorado State currently which uh, depending on where you are in New Mexico that may be pretty close but there's a lot of ranchers out in New Mexico and a lot of people who grew up in the industry and they may be a lot more willing to head a couple hundred miles east or northeast over to Amarillo than you know seven eight hundred miles to College Station or even up to Colorado State so I think it's great for tech I think I'm I'm uh, glad that Amarillo sees it as an important thing too and I'll just be keeping an eye on it and we'll see how we go from there
1: yep so the other the pressing question this week I think There's a conversation I don't know how it started I think it was this Texas Monthly article that we have linked we'll also put this in the show notes from when did this come out is there a date on it?
0: The nineteenth, yeah.
1: Um, Nine, so three days ago. Yeah, is the text
0: the Texanist? It's that article in the back page where people write in and they ask, you know, Texan questions, basically, and it's pretty good. I'll, I'll kind of see what I can do about getting the gist of it across. So, a woman from Plano wrote in, and she was going to provide lunch for their little league baseball team. And the coach recommended keeping it simple, you know, sandwiches, chicken nuggets, sausage wraps, whatever. And she said, that's great. So, um, she asked her husband to go to H-E-B and pick up stuff for sausage wraps. And he said, sure. And so when he got home, she asked him, honey, where's the white bread? And he said, what white bread? And she said, for the sausage wraps. And then he said, Yeah. I got tortillas and then they got into a huge argument as to what was the appropriate re- way to wrap a sausage. Um, yeah. So my friend Chad, who, uh, hosts a radio show here in town, Chad hasty,
1: which I think is like, th- this has been one of those things you've not ever mentioned before is that you have a friend that has a talk show here. I do. He actually,
0: uh, we, we got together. Um, we got together. I think the, a night or two after the first time we weren't able to record like a couple of weeks ago. And cause he, he keeps up with it a little bit. I don't know. If, I don't know if he listens to every show or anything. I wouldn't expect it. That's to. not nervous
1: at all. Like oh, you know, I know, maybe, like, the attention of a professional, like, Oh my gosh.
0: But yeah, but he, <laughs> um, he said, Oh, well if if he's out of town, shoot, you could have just asked me to come on. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know if Michael, I can do that. <laughs>
1: just know if you're ever out of town, I'm probably gonna re- replace you. So well,
0: call Chad. Apparently, he's willing <laughs> to do it. Um, but anyway, well, so
1: it, he offered to be a co-host with you, not with me. So. Oh
0: well, but you know, he—I'm he, sure he'd help. He'd help out any way he could. Um. Anyway, he asked us, "How can one call it a sausage wrap when the wrap is supposedly white bread?" And that's a very good point because I think he brought it up. Because I, I tweeted this a few days ago, and I think he brought up the fact that it's physically impossible to wrap a sausage with a piece of white bread just because of mass, the size. Yeah, yeah just because of the circumference of said sausage, the cind- well, cindril- cind- cinder cylindric
1: cind- cylinder volume, <laughs> whatever it is. I'm gonna let you figure that one out. What I was what I was saying though is I think a piece of white bread can probably get around. It, one, it's going to leave ends hanging out, though, which...
0: It's going to break, though. I think it's going to break.
1: Well... My theory is the it, bread it would on not how make fresh it around the bread is
0: without breaking. The The tensile strength of said white bread is not accommodating
1: to a full wrap. Like I said, it d- depends on, on how fresh the bread is. Now, that may be more in line with... So this article goes on to talk about some of the, the heritage of the first... Immigrant settlers of Texas being from uh, Germany and the Czech area, which those in Central and East Texas know that there's a, a fairly large influence from those community those communities from um, Germany and Czech,
0: which is amazing, which is yeah, a wonderful I, I, influence I, I to have. Love the yeah,
1: love that like the Czech stop is my favorite place in, in this entire state.
0: Uh, I I went to the uh, Oktoberfest in Fredericksburg.
1: One year, and we just had a blast. It was great. But if they serve sausage in a piece of bread, like true Germans, it's actually be like a little roll, but like a full size sausage. So like there's very there's much more meat to bread ratio. So I I can understand if you're going to wrap it with a piece of white white bread, you're kind of getting the the Texas barbecue influence because you need some cheap white bread for Texas barbecue. And it sticking out isn't really that big of a deal. But at that point it's not in my mind a sausage wrap.
0: No. I think it's 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 sort of a, a weird taco. That that's probably the best way to put it.
1: Which is strange that you would you would say that with a piece of white bread. It's a weird taco, not with a tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: well, uh, um... I, I want to read what uh, one of my coworkers said because he made it—he made a good argument. And he said, "He said, man, now this is a my, this is my uh, my buddy Dustin I work with. He said, now this is a dilemma worth tweeting about. If the sausage is dry <laughs> and needs serious help, the toria, the tortilla has to be the go-to. I, I'm going to read the whole tweet and then I'll come back to that. But if it's cooked perfect and has just enough sauce for flavor." Then white bread is what I'm reaching for. Then he went on to say, "Fat men tell no tales when it comes to food." So okay. that was perfect. I love that tweet. It's a great response. I can't I can't argue with that hardly at all, Dustin. Because the if the sausage is dry and needs serious help, the tortilla has to be the go to. I see what he's getting at there because I almost always put mustard on a on a sausage wrap just because I really like it. And it, it turns out that if the sausage is dry, which I have done that before, you know, sometimes you, you're you trying to grow bratwursts and they puncture because it got a little too hot and so some of the juices come out. Anyway, all that to say, he's exactly right about that because if you need to put mustard or something on it, the wrap is the only way to do it. Because if you try to do that with white bread, it's just not going to work. But at the same token, I've had like a piece of white bread around a hot link and it was... Pretty incredible, but I, that is not at all what I think about when I when someone says sausage wrap.
1: I would disagree with you on the condiment needing to be in a tortilla than a piece of white bread. Oh, I think oh. I think the white bread would hold the condiment better as it would absorb it. Maybe. I think with a tortilla, you're when you put a condiment in it, you're more likely to be getting tortilla and then pushing the meat further into the wrap, the tortilla, and eventually pushing it out the back end. Unless you you know, fold it more like a burrito. Well, but... I the, do... The when, heat when, of when the I sausage, think of sausage kind of wrap, though, to it, though. It keeps it you from could say, keeps You could say the same pushing. thing for, for white bread, though. It would just... There would be enough you know, relative moisture, whether it's grease or it condensates.
0: But then it could get soggy. But the white bread could get soggy.
1: Well, if it... If it's going to stick to any kind of bread material, that bread's going to get soggy, whether it's a tortilla or white bread. I think that's far beyond the point here. <laughs> um, well, what is the point? <laughs> I, I don't, I will not disparage somebody that uses a, puts a piece of white bread around a sausage. No. That, however, is not a sausage wrap.
0: Okay, I think that's it. I think that's all. Where th- I think that's all we've we've come to agreement on because there have been several times where I have been to Rudy's or someplace or someplace that just has sausage, and you're like, oh well, I've got white bread here because they give you half a loaf of white bread, and I've got a sausage here, and yeah, this is going to go into this white bread, and I might drizzle a little barbecue sauce or mustard or something on it. And completely enjoy it, but yeah, it's not. It's not a wrap, though. I think that's all we're, we're stuck on as the terminology. Is it delicious? Yes, yep. it can be, but no, it's not a wrap. I'm
1: just a big fan of, of a good
0: sausage. So, Dustin did go on to say he's a he's a big UT fan. Um, so he went he went on to say after that tweet, I said
1: you have some questionable friends.
0: <laughs> after that. T- sweet I, I told him i said well white bread definitely works in a pinch that to- the tortilla is hard to beat and then he said now wait a minute something just came to me i thought you raider fans threw tortillas instead of eating them and then my simple both. reply we to we that <laughs> my simple reply to that was well white bread doesn't travel so far so he's right we do we do throw good them back here. good we point also <laughs> eat them we also eat them because they are well delicious. and
1: to get a tortilla to fly very well you got to got to core it. You got to take a big chunk out of the middle and have like a oh, a disc.
0: Man, like those uh like those crazy little frisbees we got as kids that were just mm-hmm. like a ring. Just a ring. Like a yeah. ring of Saturn that you just toss around.
1: Anyways, all this talk about sausage wraps makes me want to go have one.
0: I know. Where could we get it? Where could we get a decent sausage wrap at 10:38 on a Tuesday night?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Cuz I'm thinking back to when I was in Nashville this past week and I, I was searching out barbecue. I was like, I want to have some of this more eastern flair of barbecue. Give it a shot, man. When in Rome. Well, one, I, could never, I couldn't find a place to settle on. We finally went to a place we thought was a decent bar. Like We were told they had good barbecue. What it ended up being was a bar <laughs> that served... Slices of beef they claimed were brisket, which were not brisket. It was more like a pot roast. so Like this is disgusting.
0: Well, see, okay, they steered you to the wrong meat. There should have been there should have been a hog well, involved they, 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 they had a, in Well, Tennessee. they had a
1: pulled pork sandwich, and I was I should have gone with that. Yeah. Instead, I went with a sliced brisket sandwich.
0: Yeah, dude.
1: That's kind of that's kind of on you. That's kind of on you. I I've learned my lesson that brisket should not be consumed outside of the state of Texas.
0: Yeah, we're we're um, I think that's the case. I think that's pretty much it. If it's unless it's like uh, um, oh my gosh, I'm, I can't remember the Spanish word for it. But if, if it's like brisket tacos or something, then Is that carnitas. Yeah. I mean, I would totally get carnitas like in California or New Mexico or something like that. Because I think they use brisket on that.
1: Well, carnitas is pork.
0: Oh, okay. Well, it's not carnitas then. <laughs> Why did you steer me wrong? It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> is it barbacoa? Because I get confused. No, because that's cheek. No, that's cheek. That's the cheek. There's like carne asada. There's carne guisada.
1: And then... There's asado, but that's pork again. Yeah. That's more of a like, New Mexico thing.
0: Man. Brisket, tacos.
1: Anyways, po- point of that story. Nashville barbecue, the Nashville beef barbecue is disgusting. Highly disappointed. I also haven't found, like like, I haven't been pleased with any of the sausage offerings here in Texas, though. Oh, not even, like... Down in Central Texas. Well, I haven't I haven't ventured out there to have their barbecue. I just know the sausages that we've had here. Shack, Evie Mays, Evie Mays, um, Max, Rudy's, Dickie's. The sausage is just meh. Max was
0: not very good. Sausage uh, that was like some Hillshire Farm stuff.
1: You you, you could have left. Max was not very good at that without adding the sausage but almost
0: all of those that you mentioned um i will go ahead and and die on this hill i think rudy's is the best out of all of even evie mays i think rudy's has better sausage sausage or for barbecue for sausage specifically sausage they have i really i think they have the best um at least that i've gotten here aside from maybe that place that's open next to the library in the alley big e's in the depot district Hmm. that now that's pretty good and they do a wrap they do a huge sausage wrap
1: are they open 11 o'clock at night
0: not on (laughs) tuesdays but like on friday and saturday you bet they're open till probably like two or three if they're still doing that, I don't know. If any of y'all is listening to this and has been to the Depot District to party in the last eight years, because I don't think I have, let me know if Big E's is still rolling <laughs> that late at night.
1: Um, it was a bad time for us to both to make a break there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Counterproductive at Paxton CD. What's the tourney rotation? Does Killian go first?
0: He hit us with a lot of questions, and so this is just one of, like, four or five.
1: So we're going to first talk about the pitcher rotation for the conference tournament. Um, and I heard this on the on the radio show this morning. I agree with it, and so that's this is going to be my opinion. Like, my opinion is I agree with this opinion. I think it was Jamie Lint, who is the – he's, like, the baseball expert – um, yeah, he said. I think you could be, trust that because of like several different things. He says that Sublet is probably going to be your first guy, which may come off as strange. Like, why wouldn't you run out with Davis Martin or even a Caleb Killian? But I think the biggest thing is Sublet is your normal midweek starter, and you're starting this series on or this con, this tournament on a Wednesday. So this is more of a normal rest situation for everybody if you leave sublet first. Um, The downside of this is you'll probably, if you run sublet, you'll probably get into your bullpen early on Wednesday, day one. Um, Meaning you'll be asking Martin and or Killian to go a little bit longer to not be going into the bullpen. But like I said on the previous episode, conference the tournament schedule is, you know, Wednesday through Sunday. If you don't lose a game, you play Wednesday, Thursday, off on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There's a possibility of playing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a doubleheader on Saturday. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't play. Okay. Sorry. If you play on Friday, you will not play twice on Saturday. If you don't play Friday, there's a chance you could play twice on Saturday and then again on Sunday. So there's just some weird timing. So if you start with sublet and then roll Martin or Killian out on Thursday, that kind of gets them back into their normal rest rotation whether you go thursday you know thursday friday or thursday saturday um, which then helps set up for your regional the following weekend that everybody is still on their same rest instead of moving them up or moving them back excuse me so my thought is sublet would be first martin would be second killian would be third and then you know, because if you're going to play the conference title, well, you know, if you're going to play the conference title, the sorry, I keep getting this confused. The tournament conference title, you'll play at least four games, so you'll need another guy to the the start for you, whether that's um, Shedder or like a McMillan, someone like that. Your rotation doesn't set up to be successful in that kind of situation, though, because you'll be relying heavily on bullpen by game four. So it's 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 really strange. The other options that we've, we've heard are Dylan Dushek. The problem with that is he was pulled this past week for possible blister. And again, you would want him to have more time and rest to recover to have him ready for the regional than less to get him in for the conference tournament. And then Shudder, like I just mentioned, He's more of a rotation bullpen guy or has has kind of found his his comfort there. So you could start him, but he's more of like at this point, it seems more comfortable with the bullpen um, spot as well as McMillan. So you may look at starting sublet again if he only goes two or three innings for game four or just hope that you can get... Two innings out of a bunch of guys.
0: You That's have a great answer. Or? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you've I think you've uh, you've adequately answered it.
1: The problem with when you get into like tournaments and everything with your current rotation is that you don't have your depth isn't set up in a way that you can run four plus games and feel confident every game
0: right you're going to have some weak spots
1: because Tadlock is not a guy that's going to run out like a Davis Martin on game one and then game four and have him pitch like 200 pitches in like four days yeah unlike the dude at Sam Houston State last year that ran a guy out there and he legit threw like 170 pitches in that series against Tech over like a three day window like the last, like that, the end of the game he was in, he was like throwing garbage. <laughs> just, a, just a miracle, his arm just didn't fall off. So, you know, if you're looking at like, how, are we going to be set up for success? The injuries you've had in the bullpen and your starting rotation going to make it challenging, especially if you lose a game where you have to play more games. So, like I said, Best case scenario, you can win your regional, win, I think it's three games. You can win the conference tournament in four games. Win your super regional in two games. So going into Omaha, like, you need fewer games to progress out of those those rounds. But you have to get to, like, the super regional before you're like, okay, we need two wins, Martin and Killian, and we're good, right? To get there, you have to get through your regional, obviously, which you'll need three wins. Um, so it's just... I'm nervous. The more, the more I think about the rotation and then turn, playing a tournament setting, I get nervous. Well,
0: I, I think if, if we're to have any hopes of advancing in the postseason, uh, this tournament's going to mean quite a bit to just just navigate through, uh, juggle your lineups, because once you get to the regional level and hopefully the super regional and all that good fun stuff, you're going to have to do the same thing.
1: Yeah. But you would think game one in a regional, if you're hosting, is going to be your 1-4 matchup, where you could probably run out a sublet and then run through a bunch of bullpen arms. Guys like Caleb Freeman or whatever, like the back of the bullpen that can eat up some innings but not somebody you would count on in a do or die situation mm-hmm. to kind of save your Dylan Dusheks, your Ryan Shedders, your Connor Queens and others. I just blanked on the rest of them. Sorry. Um, so, like I said, my, my thought is, for, at least for the conference tournament, you start with Sublet, Martin, Killian, if you make it to Game Four, we'll just have to see what Tadlock does. M- maybe he pulls McMillan back out to start that because he has started most of the se- most of the season. Um, again, kind of going back into your Game One, you probably would need to rely on a, a lot of bullpen arms. So, between Game One and Game Four, hopefully they, they got some rest. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a enviable situation. Cause if you if you thought you had, you know, Davis Martin and Steven Gingery, like, okay. We can find two more guys.
0: Yeah. You feel like you could you could just kinda shuffle
1: things around, it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. And Dushek being out, not the end of the world, but like you would kinda like that's another solid you know, middle reliever, possible starter, like early exit starter, um, that you just don't have, probably because of his injury, unless it heals and they think he's going to be fine. But all right, let's move on. I'm I'm getting sad. So, <laughs> will Zaire Smith go top ten?
0: Okay, I had some I had some thoughts on this, but first before we get going. Uh, this tweet came out on the 17th, so it's been out a few days. But uh, it's it's a tweet y'all may have seen on Twitter about how Zaire Smith performed at the combine, and he placed first with a max vertical of 41 and a half inches, which I mean I think his game time vertical is at least 44. Just that's me <laughs> thinking out loud. Um, he also placed first. In his standing vertical of 33 inches, he placed second in lane agility at 11.02 seconds. I don't know what that means, but that sounds fast. Me neither. He placed first in his three-quarter court sprint in 3.05 seconds, which that's exactly what that sounds like—a three-quarter court sprint.
1: And okay, they put a- three-quarter court. So full court is what 92 feet? Yeah. So three-quarter court would be what 70?
0: Yeah, 70-ish. 70 times 70 divided by three is what
1: 25 20 ish yeah I was, I was like between 20 and 25 so it's not a 40 yard dash <laughs> that's that's where i was trying to go with it right and i was trying to make that comparison to like okay he's running 20 let's say 25 yard or okay 20 yards of a 40 yard dash at three seconds like well, it's not that fast
0: but but it was first it's faster than anybody else in the combine yeah it was first uh, the NBA shuttle drill, no idea what that is. He was second in that one at 3.15 seconds. So out of these five measurables, he was first in three of them and second in two of them.
1: Um, the other thing on this tweet I think we should point out is Jay Billis has him ranked as the 17th best available. Now, he's not like a scout. He's more of a analyst and sees all these guys. But 17th best available, he didn't, like if that's... True, then there'd have to be quite some movement for him to go top ten,
0: right? And if that's true, that leaves him just prime and ready to be picked by the Spurs at eighteen. Oh gosh! <laughs> but all this to all this to say, uh, Paxton, I think. I mean, I think there's a chance because.
1: So it, you're saying there's a chance. I am. I am.
0: <laughs> I, and and part of it is just. Um, I can't believe this, and I—it's because of the trade with the Lakers. But the Sixers are at ten. The Sixers have a, um, you know, a draft pick at number ten, and I could just see Zaire Smith fitting in with the Sixers.
1: With Ben Simmons, the rookie oh, of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah, with him <laughs> in and, year uh, two. The, uh, oh gosh, what does he call himself? The process.
1: Joel Embiid. Oh, I was say? Is that Joel Embiid? Yeah,
0: yeah, that. Can you just and and then that the kid that's the kid played for? Oh, JJ Redick I think's on there now. So they had who that is they had a good team. Um, you know they they lost a really tough game to the six uh, Celtics this year in the playoffs, and had they won that one, they might have been able to put up a better fight towards the end of that series. But anyway, if. I'm going to say that he will go top 10 just because I would love to see him on the Sixers if he doesn't make it down to the Spurs because he's just, oh man, he, he's a perfect Spurs player. He's, it's just it's just like Kawhi 2.0, I'm telling you. I'm telling I don't you.
1: think he's going to go top 10. I'm just.
0: Well, you never know. I didn't think Mahomes was going to go top 10. And like you said, the thing that hap- happened to make that happen was people traded up to get there. So who knows? It it could happen. So I'm I'm just going to go ahead and say sure. He's going go to go. He's going to go to the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. <laughs> I have no. Right. I have no insight to this. I've done when, very little. When is research. the NBA
1: draft? Two weeks. Uh,
0: Two hang weeks? on, I've got it in this article. It'll be after the finals, so it's June twenty first.
1: So, so a it's, month. it's about Almost a month. exactly a month. Yeah. All right. Who has the most wide receiver catches this year? I, I think it's going to be fairly this I think this is a fairly easy question to answer based on like no ways coming back except for one guy that you feel pretty confident in. I'm going to say it's going to be TJ Vasher.
0: Okay, I'm I'm TJ Vasher is my number 2 choice because I actually think if he's still on the team, I think Jojo Robinson might have the most catches.
1: Well, okay, so Oh, he he specified
0: wide receiver though too, didn't he? He didn't just say receiver with the most catches because JoJo. Uh, does, I, I don't think, he, I don't think he was specifying.
1: I don't think he was specifying inside outside.
0: Okay, well, I'm 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 going to just take it more broad and just say receiver with the most catches. I'm thinking JoJo is going to have the most catches, um, if he's still on the team.
1: Well, and, and to that point, when we we saw that article, that mic drop of an article. Oh um, gosh,
0: yeah, that Williams put R- out.
1: That, you know, the, the three players that were, you know, in hot water before finals, of those three, we heard that one is leaving, and Desmond Nisby. Yeah, he's gone. The other two, I would assume, are still with the team. I don't know if that is, like, a definite or, like, okay, they're they're good to go for the fall, or if they're just, like, prolonging the, we'll see. But... He, you know, there hasn't been any kind of public announcement or whatever from JoJo saying he was leaving. Um.
0: No, and I I did a very extensive uh, thirty-second Google search before we started this, and I, I didn't see anything. There was another article from the AJ that was about five or six days after the original mic drop, and it just kind of had a sentence saying the same thing that JoJo Robinson's future was in limbo, and they didn't go into detail. Because there were no details given, so um, possibly it's grades. Possibly summer school could kind of alleviate that if that's what it is. I'm completely speculating over here, but I, I just think he's he's got a good shot at um, just catching a lot of passes, and I I, I could see him catching more than uh, Vasher. That doesn't mean he'll be have as many yards or anything like that. I could just see him uh, coming up with more catches.
1: All right. Running back with the most catches, which I think is interesting. Not the most carries, but the most catches. Um, To me, it comes down to one of two guys. It's either going to be Trey King or DeLeon Ward.
0: I've got King. I, I and think... I was going to go Ward. Yeah. So. <laughs> It really is kind of a toss up because it's not like the leech days. It it depends
1: who starts. And and these two guys may be like the 1A, 1B, where it's not like a true starter backup role. Like, Ward will run out there for a series or, you know, a few, you know, first downs and then sub out with King. And next game, it may be King until he subs out. Like, you know, it just may be a rotation where there's no true preference given. Yeah so does chris beard have a cape
0: our final question from from Paxton um
1: I'm assuming I, he's talking about because he's he's been such a superhero on the recruiting trail and i putting continuing to put off his ACL surgery
0: yeah I, I'm taking it as that and or the fact that he's just seems to be all over the world
1: that's true that he did post that like picture dry. like I, and of course he didn't have to it didn't have to be real time but like there was a picture with him with Kavon Moore in Georgia and then a picture with Tariq Owens three uh, in New York date like timestamp like two or three hours apart
0: yeah there's no way that could be the same but he is wearing but he's wearing the same shirt
1: like it may have been the same day it may have been the same day because he's uh, got he's but. got
0: he's with okay hang on let's, let's go back here let's do some let's do some work here with Kav- Kavon Moore in Macon, Georgia and that is on May 21st 5.50 p.m. And then he's with Tariq Owens in Queens, New York, same day, 8.20 p.m., same shirt.
1: So two and a half hours apart.
0: Yeah. 5.50, yeah, two and a half, because that's the same time zone. Well, you know, okay, what about this?
1: Well, maybe. What if he took... No, no, Georgia. Georgia
0: definitely is Eastern. What if he took... What if he uploaded it while he was on the plane or something? What if he took the picture with Kevon Moore and then uploaded it on the plane and then touched down in in New York and then uh, went to go see Tariq Owens? Picked up some Fridays. Looks like Tariq has some... I, I know, it's like they went to Fridays, really? <laughs> <laughs> some Fridays in the back.
1: But yeah, he's okay, wearing the same the, like, exact clothes. But look at the difference in ins- expressions between Chris Beard and... And Kayvon Moore, there's barely a, a hint of a smile. Tariq Owens, he's like, cheese and hard. <laughs> it's like, did, did Chris Beard have some libations at Fridays? He, he might have. Beverages? He might have had a,
0: you know, if, if only it was Applebee's, we could get Hunter back on to give us the the special of the day on May 21st at Applebee's. But with it being Fridays, I don't know. It could have been a, a margarita bomb or some random thing that someone would make up. Like a gin and tonic bomb. But anyway, so the 21st was uh, Monday.
1: Yesterday. Well, as we're recording, yeah. Monday. And
0: And then he just put up at 8.55 p.m. today, Tuesday the 22nd, that he is with Matt Mooney in Chicago. So he might have a cape. I'm not sure how he's doing it. He's at least wearing different clothes today. So... Those all weren't taken on the same day. But I, I very I bet you that he was in Georgia and in New York on the same day. But when he posted the tweets, that doesn't mean that was when he took the pictures. I think that's what we're...
1: That's just crazy. That's what we're hanging <laughs> on. All right. Final question. Mulehorn 117 at the Slaytons. Is it acceptable to microwave a hot dog or must you always grill it over an open fire? My stance on this has changed because I have a toddler who loves hot dogs. <laughs> Man, you're... I don't fire up the grill every time he asks for a hot dog, which Man. he actually asks for a kolache because they fit in a bun like a kolache, like a, a full-size kolache would. But he, he's talking about a hot dog in a bun. I'm, I don't fire up any kind of grill every time he asks for that. I'm, for him, unfortunately, it gets microwaved. Preference for me, actually, it's not microwave. If I can't grill it, it's actually gonna be boiling it. What? You're a boiler? More so than microwave. I would. But it's not the preferred method. I want, I want it grilled. I don't want it blistered and and carboned.
0: <laughs> okay, I have some thoughts on this. How does one microwave a hot dog? Without it, doesn't it explode at some point?
1: If you're not careful, you know,
0: like. I've never microwaved a hot dog. I didn't you're know this about was like a 20, thing.
1: Twenty seconds and it's going to be too hot to eat, but not blowing up. So twenty seconds. I know this from experience, Michael. I
0: I don't think. Okay, I would say it's acceptable to microwave a hot dog if you know what you're doing. I would. I think I would mess it up. I know that's well, and silly. it's not something
1: you'd like you serve like we're having hamburgers and hot dogs, we're grilling out oh, yeah, burger, yeah. and then serve somebody a microwaved hot dog no it'd be
0: like a you came home, you're tired, you need to feed your family or yourself, and we have hot dogs, and this is a way to heat them up
1: as long as you weren't also on the grill that night, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true because then you might as well throw them on there yeah um i I don't think you must always grill it on an open fire uh I, I definitely don't think that. I would personally, if the open fire was not available, I would put them in a skillet and just I've maybe tried get that. a little I've never brown had good
1: results them. from sausage or hot dogs, whatever.
0: Well, I've never tried it with a hot dog, but I have done it with. Well, you know, I think we have. We've done it with hot links, like Earl Campbell's hot links. We've put those in a skillet, and that's been awesome. I mean, it just they just plump up, and the juices start coming out, and. You're good to go. So I'd imagine a hot dog would be good too, especially if you get like one of those all beef ones, or the.
1: You're bringing back those sausages, man. <laughs> I just keep thinking like <laughs> jalapeno cheddar or like a or a cheddar brat. Sounds way good right now.
0: Ah oh, man, me too. I, I'm with you,
1: but no, I, it's way too late.
0: But I, I think it would be acceptable to microwave a hot dog. You don't always have to put it on an, on an open fire, and I think there's some things that an open fire does not help. I think there's some things that an open fire will either dry out or you'll overchar it. Whereas if you have just put it on the skillet, you'd have been in better shape. I, brat, brats are one of those things. You've got to be really careful with brats. Like I talked earlier, you can just, yeah.
1: Cause you're, you're split the case on it.
0: Yeah. And it's, you've got to be really careful with it. You, if I haven't gotten a chance to try it yet, the thing to do with brats I've read is to smoke them. It just takes longer. It takes like an hour. And I haven't bought brats in forever. And that was one of the only things I could um, cook well enough when Allison and I first started dating was brats. So we had a lot of sausage wraps. They were definitely flour tortillas with mustard to your liking. <laughs> and, and they needed yeah. it. They needed the mustard.
1: So the other thing I was just thinking about, because um, it reminded me of, so when we were in in Nashville, when we ate at Logan's, the no, sorry, it was it was the bar. <laughs> Surprise the the breading for like so we got fried pickles and like cheese sticks, those were like beer battered, and like you could taste the beer. And it was like okay, it, as someone that doesn't drink alcohol, I actually like that. Mm-hmm. That the the very faint taste of a beer. I also like when you. Not boil, but like you grill brats in like a little foil boat with beer in it. That's also really good. Yeah,
0: I've. um It makes the kitchen smell awful. I've actually like well, si- I gotta do it outside. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I've I've simmered them in beer on the stove to to fully cook them, and then just put them on the grill to kind of just get some char on the outside. And even then, sometimes it would still puncture. You still got to be really careful, but that was probably some of my best results but man the kitchen just smells like stale sad beer for a while and so my wife's requested that i not do that method anymore so <laughs> and i don't blame you her you take it outside yeah so that's why i'm like okay well i got to figure out how to smoke them because i think that's the thing to do put them on like 250 for an hour and just it shouldn't be too, it shouldn't be hot enough for the casings to to pop
1: speaking of smoking one more thing. I, I I keep getting these, like, tangents, and I had the opportunity this past week to buy a green egg oh, for $200. Oh,
0: my gosh. That's, like, it's, fifth it's the price. like one of
1: those, like, garage sale sites yeah. that my wife's a part of. Immediately emailed her back. She's like, oh, it's already gone. I was like, oh. Of course it was. That was it. A... But, like, it was a full size with, like, all the, oh my the utensils and, like, had like the pizza grill, like the, the the pizza plate or brick, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The deflector I was like, Yep. Yeah. We have to. We have to. Two hundred dollars. This is usually like a thousand dollar thing.
0: Oh, at least I, I think sometimes you can get thirteen hundred real quick, especially once you get that other stuff in it.
1: Wait, because so this family was moving and needed it gone immediately. So like, just go. That's test.
0: a way to do it: is to get online and, and sell I a big grenade for two hundred bucks. So
1: oh. disappointed. Oh man, I'm I'm disappointed for you. That roller coaster of like five minutes was intense.
0: A friend of mine has one, and he bought a little controller for it, to where you just you just kind of feed charcoal in the bottom of it, and then this little controller. Uh, it's just basically a thermometer and a fan and a feedback control system. You kind of set it to a certain temperature you want, and it'll kick that fan off and on to kind of get that flame going. Mm. And so he's he did stuff overnight with a big green egg with just this little uh, controlling system that he said worked great. So, I mean, he he cooks all sorts of, of stuff, and he's he's really good at it, so... Uh, but he had a lot of great things to say about the big green egg. I actually helped him deliver it or, or pick it up and, and unload it. And because of that, he gave me his old grill, which was my first kind of decent grill.
1: Yeah. So I, I think I got Samantha on board to combine anniversary, father's day, birthday. all three of these things happen with like two weeks of each other.
0: Yeah. We're in the same boat
1: (laughs) to like, to, to combine all that, to get me a smoker.
0: That's a that's a good one. Yeah, that's crazy. Ours is the same thing cuz my birthday's yeah, cause in July, our anniversary and Father's Day's in June.
1: Yeah, so our, our anniversary is the 28th so next week. Yeah. My birthday is June 9th and then Father's Day's like that weekend, that next weekend, like the Oh man, that's murder. 18th wrote. or whatever. Not the 18th. Yeah.
0: 17th. We've got a little bit more time in between. So Man, well, I'm excited. I'm excited for you because so if, if I really thought about, about has... getting one, but I I just wanted that I don't know. I wanted the wood pellet smoker and they cost about the same when you get them brand new and I went back and forth, but I decided on the Traeger instead.
1: If anybody has any any suggestions on like so I don't have I don't have any like solid preferences or I have to have this style you have any ideas? recommendations like the offset or like the like the barrel smokers or whatever to let me know i i think just
0: me i know you're not asking me directly but the big green egg is really versatile it's super versatile. Well, okay,
1: i don't have a thousand dollars to spend on a smoker that's not what she was saying that's not what she's agreeing to oh i thought
0: that's what you're getting at i was like oh man okay no
1: no like we're still we still be budget friendly
0: yeah yeah okay okay um, the offsets are pretty good too, especially if if you've got an offset that you can grill directly on that firebox. You know how you've got the firebox on the side. If you can grill directly on top of that, then you can still really sear meat, and um, you know you could still you could smoke a steak up to a certain temp and then sear it real quick and do kind of the reverse sear deal, or just you know sear the whole thing. That was the one thing about some of those offsets that. And that's the thing I don't like about my smokers. I can't really sear anything. I can't get anything very hot. So if you're going to do offset, that would be something I'd look for.
1: So um, I'm looking at one just just real quickly on Lowe's because they the have like having the, I think sale. the
0: pit barrel smokers are pretty cheap too. But you could really they have do a, a hot
1: They have an tip. offset, Oklahoma Joe's horizontal smoker for two fifty. But it, Okay, so the size, it just has 879 square inches of cooking area. That seems big, but, like, is it, though?
0: Yeah, that you've just got to go see it in person.
1: Because, like, there are no pictures with any kind of context to see how big this is. Have you been
0: to Outdoor Chef here in Lubbock? No. I would go there first. They, I'm I, typing I, it in right now. I'm not sure how great their website is but they're That's right down the road from us. Uh they're right off of um Highway 87 between 82nd and 98th. And they have a great selection of grills, all sorts of grills um and they have some really nice thick steel ones. Like quarter inch thick steel ones sitting outside. Are these the
1: the Cook Shack ones? I have like like the latching doors.
0: Uh, they might, yeah, yeah. They've got like the spring, the spring handles.
1: Because I'm also looking at like so the Traeger Tailgator 20, for size comparison, has 300 square inches of cooking area. The one at Lowe's had almost 900.
0: Oh yeah, the, tra- the Traeger. No, that's not what you want for sure. Uh, Bronson
1: 20. I, see, I don't know I don't know like again how big these are
0: yeah I'd, I'd go check them out if anything just to kind of see what all there is um, but man I'm pumped I'm pumped for you get you a smoker just, man
1: of course their website doesn't say anything about like prices or anything else no
0: no you just gotta you just gotta swing by They've got they've got all the accessories and stuff too. Really good uh, rubs and um, you know wood. Whenever you need wood, they, they have all the different varieties you could want.
1: So is your Traeger is it like a, a pellet or like lump charcoal?
0: It's it's pellet. It's wood pellet grill.
1: Is it auto fed?
0: Yes. You dump the uh, you dump the pellets into a hopper, and then that hopper has an auger. Mm-hmm. That uh, transfers the pellets to what they call the. Uh, Correct, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> the firebox or something like that, where the fire is actually started uh, electronically with um, some sort of like a hot stick, hot rod thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's fans and stuff that kick on to, to try to maintain the temperature. Um, but yeah, it's. I forget how much cooking area it has, but I'm pretty sure I could fit two briskets on it if I had to. Uh, I know Why? I've done that seems
1: like an overkill.
0: I've done two <laughs> full hams on it and had some room to spare. Um, I've done beer can chicken on it with a lot of room to spare. so I could probably fit three briskets if I really tried it probably wouldn't be ideal cooking conditions they'd be smushed up against each other or awfully close
1: alright so like I said anybody having any recommendations or ideas send them my way looking getting into the smoker market now that we've bought a house chilling out the, so the I, your point to having an area where we could also grill on would be nice so we don't have to like they're not just dedicated okay I have this thing that can only smoke right so that's why some like the upright like barrel smokers are kind of intriguing to me, not, not not like the electric ones where you just have like a rack in it and it just kind of pumps smoke through the bottom, but like actually looks like a fifty-five gallon drum they've outfitted to be a smoker. Yep,
0: you can hang stuff on hooks in it, like you can hang tenderloins and stuff in it, and uh, of course you know just set something on the grate. I've used one of those cheaper ones before. It was another hand-me-down from my cousin's husband. It was one of those vertical uh, water smokers, a lot like that, but the the um, the Lowe's version of it. And I, I made some pretty good stuff on it too.
1: Yeah. So, like the, I said,
0: the main thing too is if whatever you get, if it's if it's got to be, if you've got to add fuel to it however you have to add fuel to it make sure that it's easy to add fuel to it that would be another thing too because those pit barrel ones i'm not sure if you if you're doing a long cook and you need to add charcoal at some point i don't know how easy it is to do it most have
1: like a little gate at the bottom right most of them do i think i i I know that that the little cheap one i
0: did have but i'm not sure i bet the pit barrel ones do they have to because you've got to get in there without, you know, without the having top. to take
1: like the brisket off. Yeah. Everything off just to get to it. Yeah. Okay. That'll do it for us this week. <laughs> <laughs> for the 23 Personnel Podcast Week 19 Mailbag, I'm your host, Spencer. Michael was with us this week, as always. Michael, got any parting wisdom? Oh, we didn't do what we learned this week.
0: Oh man, what did we learn this week?
1: Really quickly, I learned that my son, who's still a toddler, doesn't trust me enough to act when I tell him in, like, immediate situations. So we were getting on an escalator. I got on first, we were at the airport, we were flying home. He got on behind me, but like, put one foot on a step, and then froze didn't like step and then it's like step you have to step on you gotta step on step 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 and then he fell which was a disaster because i was carrying like the car seat on my back and my bag was on the stair next to me so i couldn't turn around and help him samantha hadn't gone on the escalator yet so i gotta somehow work on my son trusting to do what i tell him to do right then <laughs> <laughs> um, well i learned that there.
0: Someone is developing this probably really bogus technology, but it completely and totally appeals to this very pale white man that you're listening to drone on, and it's called Sundots, and it is a gummy that you can take daily that is supposed to help uh, help keep you from being sunburned. And
1: um, there's no way that works.
0: I know. I, I, I completely agree, but I'm fully on board with someone trying to make this happen because I, I think the, the catch is that, you know, you could take it if you're, if it's going to be, uh, you know, you just take one in the morning and then if it's going to be a really sunny day. You take a second one at lunch or something. And I was like, okay, so in Lubbock, Texas, you were going to take two every single day, you take two or three a day, six days maybe. <laughs> and, it just really appeals to me, but I just don't see how it all how it could work but uh, I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that maybe someday I can just pop a gummy instead of lathering myself with banana boat before I go sit outside for anything more than
1: 26 minutes well the uh, the alternative to that is wearing some kind of sun-rated apparel which which I do so like long sleeves or yeah. some kind of you know UPF SPF rated clothing wearing some kind of buff a hat yep gloves even i don't know if, if you are long enough to burn your hands
0: now my hands don't it's my hands don't get burned really um and oddly enough my legs my legs don't get burned like 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 the top of my quads or above my knees will like if you're sitting in a bleacher all day in shorts.
1: Dude, I still have a tan line from the top of my knees from a, a weekend baseball game back in, like, March.
0: Yeah, see, now that would burn on me for sure, but I can be outside almost all day, and my calves and my shins and, you know, those will be fine. Um, if I'm wearing flip-flops, I'm doomed because my feet are just practically <laughs> solar panels. Feet? Oh, my gosh, yeah, just thinking about that makes yeah, my feet hurt. But that's rough. But uh, my legs are kind of not a concern, but just about everything else <laughs> especially when there's no hair yeah. on the top of your head that is a very large concern so anytime someone's developing One something more thing really I can
1: <laughs> do you guys have any plans for Memorial Day on Monday?
0: Um, no I don't think so I'm going to try to smoke a pork butt either Sunday or Monday that's, that's my plan
1: I'm going to come find your house
0: Oh, hopefully you can smell my house. Hopefully I can invite, vaguely invite tell you where full, like, I am. Barge yeah. in. Just show up. I need the pulled pork. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have some pulled pork. Hopefully or, or you and... know,
1: you, you take some of that pulled pork, put it on, a, on a, a tray, put it in the oven, braise it, or whatever they call it, for a couple minutes, get you some good carnitas. Oh,
0: yeah, that's not... You know what? I was listening to a guy, I don't know how well this would work, but there's this guy I watch on YouTube called T-Roy. T-Roy Cooks. He's awesome. He's in Austin. Anyway, I was listening to him the other day and he said that he's put pulled pork in, you know, you like, do you like uh, biscuits and gravy? Like, you know, cream based gravy. He's put pulled pork in gravy. And he said it was awesome. And I would, I would listen to him. So I, I, I'm going to try to talk because I'm not much, I'm not super great at making gravy. Allison's much better at it than I am. I'm going to try to talk her into maybe putting some pulled pork in some gravy one morning and pouring it over a biscuit and just seeing how that goes.
1: If you're looking for good barbecue recipes, he's not Texas barbecue, but Malcolm Reed on YouTube from How to Barbecue Right. Oh. He does pretty regular videos, especially in the fall for like tailgating and that kind of thing. He does like... So he's got like all, all the the basic you know he's got pulled pork, brisket, all that kind of stuff. But he just he smokes just about everything. Okay. Um, he's also a very large man, and like your 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 friend said, not to you know disregard food opinions from from large men. Shoot, no, uh-uh. this, this dude knows where it's at.
0: They food opinions from large men hold more weight. No pun intended. <laughs>
1: So this dude's got to, I mean, I, I don't mean to be rude, but like pushing 400, 450, maybe. Oh, I see him. Yeah, he's tall, too. Yeah, no, he's tall. He's like he's, taller he's, than
0: everybody in all his all the photos he's in.
1: Yeah. But he's like one of those competition guys and like owns every professional smoker out there. So like one video he's on is on a big green egg. One, one of them is on a like an upright that it's got room for like 30 briskets in.
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You, this, this, okay. I will definitely check him out. You got to check out T Roy too. He's kind of the same boat. Yeah. He's got like five or six different things he cooks with and everything he does looks great. Yeah. I'll check out Malcolm. I'm definitely going to Malcolm I'm look, Reed. I'm looking how to barbecue Right. Yeah. Cool.
1: Cause that's what so I'll, he, sometimes he at work goes I'll put on
0: my headphones and just start one of those YouTube videos and, and have it playing in the background while I'm doing whatever and pick up a tip or two.
1: Yeah. So he, he does it for every level of like equipment you have. Like even if you just have like a Weber, like the black kettle grill. Yeah. He shows you how to smoke on those.
0: Dude. I really want one of those. I really want one of those because I miss having a charcoal grill, um, for the reasons we discussed earlier. And I I just—they're so timeless looking, and there's so much you can do. They're really versatile, so that Mm -hmm. might even be, you know, for y'all listening, y'all. If if y'all have a Weber, if uh, I know Matt, if he's on, if he's on here, um, if he's listening, I mean, Matt's got some i know he's got a weber and i think he's got a portable kitchen that aluminum one that pk grill so uh i think the weber would possibly be on people's list too spencer for you to consider i just don't have one and i haven't used one because i know that there's there's so many ways because you can you can buy all these baskets that put you can put the coal just on one side and basically turn it mm. into a smoker and you can have indirect heat and then you still got all this place to put food on and i don't know that might be that might be a good choice too
1: so like i said if you've got ideas on smokers for me send them my way um if you guys haven't checked them out yet t roy and malcolm reed for some barbecue recipes uh we were planning on getting together to do some kind of like brisket smoke for my, my brother-in-law that has a, ooh, a buoy, whatever they call it, Green Mountain buoy. I don't know. It's one of the ones at the shop that you, you sent me to. Yeah. One of those pellet, like auto-fed pellet smokers, and he just makes delicious brisket on it. So, and then, of course, Monday's our anniversary, so we're kind of balance. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do. um With that, though, I think we will finally close, you know, 30 minutes after I probably started our our closing <laughs> sorry everybody if you're keeping track of that um, for Michael I'm Spencer thanks for listening to the 23 personnel podcast